Hello everyone and welcome back to Do We Know Them? I'm Lily Marston here with Jesse Smiles and we've made it to episode 103. Why were you looking like this, this and that? Is there going to be a big 103 somewhere or is it just like imaginary? No, it's just kind of looking <laughs> off in the, the distance like, wow, how, how have we made it oh, here? Oh, okay. Yeah, we made it. I'm hoping for, and I know this episode's definitely going to be mostly funner than the last episode. I feel like we got so dark in the last episode. So many comments were like, oh my God, I did not expect that. And I'm like, I know, I'm sorry. Neither did I. Well, that's, someone was like, oh my God, it was just like the two, like a whiplash of cringe. But also I wouldn't say today's is cringe, but it's like, oh, it's horrifying. This one's a weird one because I feel like the Tana topic. So we're going to be covering Tana at the steamies because, oh my gosh, it was something. It's definitely something. And that one I feel like is definitely, it could be seen as a little bit darker, like what is going on with her kind of thing. But yeah. I think all in all, the moments we're reacting to are not horrible. Like we can have a laugh or a discussion about it without feeling yes, like wanting yes, yes. to die. But the eight passengers thing, obviously not a fun update. That one is Jesus, because it's basically just more information coming out about the details of what those children went through. Which is 10 times worse than I ever would have thought that it was. Yeah, because everyone kind of made assumptions. We knew what they had found and stuff, but nobody knew the actual conditions on a daily basis and fucking a it is horrifying and ruby frank is frankie oh i'll never get used to that frankie she, who cares <laughs> i know right i should be allowed to mispronounce it and nobody correct me because who who gives a shit but she is an actual monster oh my gosh and then the last topic is amanda Bynes, which isn't entirely horrifying it's not i don't know we let's just get into it which one do you want to start first because i feel like we could just go either way <sighs> i don't know i'm like i i just was pulling a bunch of things i kind of want to pick me up to start well there is no pick me up what do you mean like a i know i know just start with tana though. okay start with <laughs> tana all right let's do it so if you guys have seen h3h3 i know a lot of you guys are familiar with that podcast one thing that they do yearly for the past i think like three years i want to say is they do a parody of of the Streamy Awards. And the reason they do a parody of the Streamy Awards is because Ethan has this giant vendetta against the Streamy Awards because number one, he either doesn't get nominated or when he does get nominated, Jay Shetty wins. And it's this whole inside joke, whatever. You literally have to like pay to get nominated. Mm. Some people don't, there's exceptions, but like to go and to win and stuff, like you have to pay money. That's so dumb. I <laughs> I agree. I've been once and it was when I was part of a company and like they had like extra tickets that they get like we I've been once and it was because my MCN had a table and then we went booth exactly because that. that's you have to buy tables to go. So unless you're like either a big creator that they want to go because then people will like watch and tune in and vote and stuff because you also yeah, do viewers vote. They do vote, but people don't know if it's like a rigged thing, kind of like Kids Choice Awards. It's like, OK, yeah, they vote, but People still think that's rigged. So what he does is he's been doing this parody version of the streamies. He calls it the steamies, which is like a play on a steaming hot dump type of thing. And he does like the worst on the internet. Kind of like the worst apology ever, the biggest asshole of the year, things like that. The more like drama based awards, not like achievement based. Correct, exactly. So he started doing this. Then he hosted one with Trisha Paytas. They did a streamies together or steamies. Oh, I get them confused. Did When did Deaf Noodles do it? Oh my God. Okay. So so Def Noodles was, I think, was he after Frenemies one? I feel like it, he was before that. He did the Steamies with Trisha two years ago and the one with Dennis. No, he did that after Frenemies, the year after Frenemies. Oh, oh, I guess then because he needed to have a 
Was he the co-host? Yeah, so he was Ethan's co-host. And oh my God, this was before the downfall of Deaf Noodles, Dennis, our good old friend Dennis, which actually weirdly is also tied further into this episode because why not? But he did host with Ethan and oh my God, it was the most cringe. I mean, he, it's it's kind of sad. Like it was like hard to watch. And I remember he was very well liked at the time, but I was like, this is so yeah. awkward. He's just saying like, um, yeah. I think we know who's it going to be. I think, yeah. Fantastic stuff. You know, pretty exciting category. Yeah. You realize what a big year it's been, huh? Yeah. It's uh, some big names. Yeah, there it is. It was, was, yeah. Like, that's the only answers he had. The level he contributed was so minimal. And it was just funny to look back on because he was so adamant during his downfall. And this is basically the reason for his downfall. He was so adamant that he was a stand-up comedian. And that everyone was misunderstanding his content and all this stuff. But then you looked back at when he co-hosted the Steamies. And it was like, you literally were handed this, like, amazing opportunity. And you dumped on it. So many people watch. And you just... (laughs) choked the crazy part is he didn't choke he like that's how he performs and we've come to know that in all of his roasts like that's his shtick he thinks that being awkward is his funny thing no but this time he looked like genuinely like uncomfortable like he was in a shit his pants yeah like he didn't know what to say i mean he never knows what to say but so this year the steamy awards was in the dolby theater okay which is a huge deal i didn't know that that was happening i was really surprised yeah i knew that they were gonna do a live version i didn't know when they were gonna do it or where but when Dennis was a host, it was still in Ethan's podcast studio, which means that it's just him and Ethan sitting next to each other, far less intimidating than hosting something in front of 5,000 people. So just weird that he went that route of not contributing anything. Anyway, so this year, like I said, hosted at the Dolby Theater, and it was co-hosted by Tana Mojo and Jeff Wittick, along with Hila, obviously, and Ethan. And the crew was there on and off the stage as well. Tana and Jeff had kind of made an appearance last year in the one that Trisha co-hosted right? No, last year is when Jeff and Tana co-hosted and actually sat with Ethan the entire time. And it actually went really well. Like it was a well-received episode. It was kind of the start of people starting to like her on H3. I remember seeing a lot of really good comments. And ever since she was like a friend of the show. Well, she showed up to the Steamy Awards and she was supposed to co-host it with Jeff Wittick. And I guess she got hammered, like absolutely shit-faced drunk. Yeah, she has said on Twitter, which uh, I'm sorry, Tana, I <laughs> I don't buy it, but she said she was sober. Oh, well, yeah, I have all of that because it's like kind of this weird series of events where it didn't even start slowly. I want to say she showed up and she was already drunk, it seemed like. Yeah, like she pre-gamed. Exactly. And then on top of that, while the show was running, she took a shot on stage. Yeah, she, that she like had someone bring to her. Literally, they were like, how did you let anyone know that you needed a drink or wanted one? She did not need one. Also, Jeff the entire time was saying that he smelled tequila on her and was like trying to make jokes to kind of downplay how drunk she was because she was basically just word vomiting on stage. Yeah, Jeff looked very uncomfortable, actually. Yeah, he actually looked like he was in physical pain. It was pretty interesting to watch. Tana has always been known to, like, be a partier, but I don't feel like I've seen a lot... I mean, I don't watch a ton of her content anyway, but, like, I don't think she's usually doing live stuff, and I don't usually see her being, like, blacked out. Like, she literally seems like she's blacked out. Well, no, she had a whole live tour. Do you remember that? She did it with a bunch of people. Oh, I'm... Yeah, I've actually been to one of her live shows. Oh. 
Yeah, like she does that. And that's something she's familiar with. This is not like super foreign to her. But when we saw her perform live, I mean, it was so long ago now. It was like before TanaCon and stuff. She definitely wasn't like if she was drunk, it wasn't noticeable. I'm mentioning that more because a lot of people were suggesting that the reason she got so drunk was because she was so nervous to be in front of the crowd, which I don't know that I entirely buy that. She's been doing this for so long. I'm not saying she wouldn't get nervous, but that she would need to get shit faced drunk to kind of like deal with it. I don't know that I buy that entirely, like that being the reason. I more so lean towards maybe she started pre-gaming a little because she was nervous and then somehow she went a little too far. Like, I think it was accidental. I don't think she planned to get blacked out beforehand. Well, let's cover this, like what actually happened on the show. Then we'll talk about her tweets and possible theories of why this happened. But really, it's just a mishmash of just very cringe moments. So... You know, get ready, get your butt cheeks clenched. So one of the most cringe things that she did, in my opinion, was bring up Trisha Paytas at all. Okay, that, that would have been cringe at all to bring up Trisha Paytas due to the fact that their family is genuinely estranged. We'll watch the clip in a sec, but it's almost like she forgets that it's like a real life thing, not just like an internet joke. Like they literally, their families do not talk and like it's very uncomfortable for them. Hila has never met her niece. I mean, that's not even like... A beginning of a joke. That's like just fucked up. But anyway, this is a clip. Uh, there's a few of them. I'm, they love I'm you, getting Anna. so beyond canceled tonight. So am I. I don't want to do this. Let's go. So what the fuck is that? Security. It says I love Trisha Paytas because <laughs> she's doing a little gag on me. I mean, listen. I mean, listen. I I love her too. We, I you want frenemies back. I know. I want frenemies back. <laughs> I Sorry. don't. I don't. I love you both so much. I feel like a child of divorced parents. <laughs> she just doesn't even sound like herself. I know. And also that's kind of the best and most articulated. I feel like she's talked in all these clips. Like she really was slurring bad. So this second clip is just kind of a more prolonged version of this. But it's like she just doesn't get it. Even if it is a shtick or whatever, like she just keeps going. And I think that's the bad part of all these clips is like, it's not one mention. She just like keeps hammering things in and it's like, girl, stop it. I definitely didn't watch the whole show. I've only seen these clips, but it seems like there wasn't a whole lot of structure and that it was kind of just like, go with the flow. I mean, it, there was structure in terms of they had specific moments they wanted or like when they brought on, for instance, like this lawyer friend that they have to like do a, a bit with him or like they'll bring out someone that looks like Logan Paul. Like they had planned things that they wanted to do. I guess more so maybe that Tana wasn't sticking to the loose structure and she was just kind of like going on weird little things she thought would be funny, but weren't discussed beforehand. Yeah, I think that Ethan wanted banter, but this just kind of got weird and sloppy. Like it wasn't banter. It was just like her going like off on her yeah, for sure. side adventures. Yeah. You're the godmother? Oh God. <laughs> you have credit. How do you prove that? Are you just saying that? What? Was that like on video or something? No, I'm saying that. Okay. It's true. <laughs> I love you and I love Trisha and you have to possess balance. Okay. Yeah. All right. But um, yeah, congratulations to her. <laughs> and thank you, Tana. Can Please, I just- Please, just one time get a pink and black screen back and talk some <laughs> shit. One time. Like I feel like in I'll her join, head. I'll join, I'll be the mediator. I'll Me join. No, well, fuck that. I never want to go there again. You can right. be Team Ethan, I'll be Team Trisha, and we'll do it together on a pink and black screen. 
I feel like in her head, she thought that she was like actually, like as drunk Tana in her head, <laughs> thought that she was gonna like somehow bridge this gap and like, I don't know, try and remedy the situation, but she isn't realizing that it, again, isn't just like an internet joke. No, I mean, what people got really upset with as well, I couldn't find the clip of it, but it's in the steamy, so we'll find it and put it in here. But she apparently, allegedly, like slipped and let people know the gender is what people are thinking. She said something like, I'm the godmother to the son when she was referencing Trisha's kid. I'm very happy uh, that she has a beautiful daughter and she's pregnant again. I wish her all the best. With I'm the godmother. I'm the godmother of the new son or daughter. I don't know. So the thing is that she does very quickly, like immediately after without skipping a beat, says, or daughter. I know, yeah. Which I almost think because of how quickly she recovered and because of how drunk she seems, I don't know if she really knew the gen, like, I don't know if she was revealing it. I think she was kind of just like saying like son or daughter. It seemed like too quick of a recovery for how drunk she seems to me to be necessarily a reveal, but I could see how that would be interpreted. So there was multiple weird moments. We'll just click on some of them because it's, there's no structure to this, much like there was no structure there on that stage that night. It was a hot mess. Thanks. I'm gonna kill myself in front of all of you. <laughs> Wait, whoa, whoa. What? Sorry, can That's I not say that? It's well, you can Come on. I can say okay, that. All right, you're gonna kill yourself. If I can say that anywhere, I can you say it. You should not here. say that next to Logan. He'll hey guys, it. let's not make any suicide jokes today, okay? <laughs> oh fuck! Be, please. I forgot about the forest. He, yeah. Is that said, wait? I'm so confused. No, it's a guy dressed as Logan Paul. Okay, I I had been wondering because I knew it wasn't Logan no. Paul, but so he's pretending to be though. Yeah. Kind of? No, he's uh, it's literally I think his username is not Logan Paul. I think he's a Logan Paul impersonator. Path. I'm really not sure what his deal is. I gotta be honest. That's a choice. That aside, um, interesting thing to randomly scream. Well, that's a kind of like verbal diarrhea. And here's the thing. I understand because, girl, I've been there. I haven't been there. I haven't been quite here. But I've been in similar situations where if you feel really awkward, you are like combating that with the most aggressive case of verbal diarrhea known to man. And then you just have to sit with that afterwards and be like, what the fuck is wrong with me? So things like this, I find a little bit, I mean, yeah, she just said that she was gonna unalive herself like really randomly and it made no sense. But I would almost prefer that over the Trisha Paytas thing. Well, yeah, no, like that does kind of fit her brand of humor. Like I feel like she says stuff like that a lot, even on her podcast. So I'm not super surprised by that. Exactly. Then it started getting a little dicey because she started defending James Charles. So James Charles was nominated I don't know what category. So I haven't watched the show in full, but he was nominated for one of the categories. For all we know, it could be most notorious P word or something. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a category like that. But Tana really fucked up here. I feel like this is the part that solidified like anyone who might've had a slight annoyance with her before, they saw this and they were like, Oh my God, stop. Like that was when I started seeing Twitter exploding. Cause also for background, she in the past has denounced James Charles. She's said that he is not a good person. Yeah, there was a period of time where she did go around on several platforms and denounce him. Then I think it was Coachella. They um, ran into each other for the first time in a while and they were wearing similar outfits. She decided, I guess, I think he, <laughs> I don't think he decided because he wants to be civil with everyone, but um, she decided that she was now gonna be civil with him and not be denounced 
denouncing him publicly anymore. But then once that happened, Ethan had her on and brought that up because also like James had delivered one of his PR packages to her house and stuff. And it just seemed like they were really friendly again. So then Ethan calls her out and was like, what the hell is this? Like what happened to, he's a bad person and he's a monster, blah, blah. And she was like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I will come on. Maybe she was calling in or something. She says that she would come in and denounce him on a future episode. But then that never happened. And then this happened. Yeah, so he actually calls her out for that right now. He's like, I thought you were going to denounce him. But um, what was she thinking? This is so cringe. I can't. James Charles. He crushed. He got 48%. EDP exposed only 11% Colleen, yeah, 10% Logan Cryptos, you that one is really illegal, they only got 8%. Send me an eyeliner, you freak. <laughs> well, let me ask you to go down there. So James Charles, what, what is your thoughts on the legality of what he's been up to? I mean, with the right lawyer, he's not <laughs> pull this out, honestly. Your Honor, he, he asked for the age and they sent him a falsified uh, ID. He asked for the age. I just really want a pigmented waterline eyeliner, you know? I smell the like, tequila. It's, it's, really, it's, it's pigmented. Tana, I recall last time you were on our show, you made a promise to me to denounce James Charles in all of his forms. I am very happy to be civil. Oh. And right now, as, as you that guys can see... That guy's trying to fuck kids. He's trying oh, no. to fuck kids, Tana. Oh, no. Yeah. He literally... He's trying to fuck wait, wait, kids, wait. bro. Third round, third round. Can you see that my waterline is pigmented black? Like, can you guys see that under my mascara it's black? It's pigmented. No? But, Tana, he's trying to fuck kids. They're still looking at that shirt. I'm not fucking kids. <laughs> no, not you. <laughs> oh my Jesus, God. No, he's trying to fuck kids. Right now. You need to see. He's so in someone's Snapchat DM right now. Somebody what do you want me cops. to do? What do you want me to do, Ethan? Do you denounce James Charles? Can you, can you agree that my water oh line is my pigmented black? Yes. Your mascara is running? Like, no, that my, wing, that my wing is very pronounced. What does that mean? For those of you that might be a little bit lost, I mean, I feel like most of you aren't because most of you are familiar with James Charles and everything, but he has a makeup line called Painted and he launched these like color pigment cream things that allegedly are not even supposed to be used on your eyes, but a lot of people do use them on their eyes. Even though that's like the only place he advertises that you should use yeah. them. Uh, but that's what she's referencing. She's like, okay, so he's a P word, but isn't my waterline so pigmented right now? Like that's all I want. Yeah, cause girl. Apparently she's wearing the makeup right now. To me, I'm like, really? It's 2023 and you think James Charles is the only one who gives you a pigmented black liner? Like, are you joking? Have you ever tried Inglot number 77, honey? Because I guarantee you it's more pigmented than James Charles. I was gonna say, Tana, how many followers do you have? Why are you needing to like be like, send me more eyeliner? Like you could get eyeliner from anyone or you could afford to buy it yourself. I'm so confused why James Charles, like I can't imagine it's that. I know she's trying to deflect using humor in this moment, like rather than actually having to sit down and be like, you know what? Yeah, what he's done is fucked up. But also she is deflecting from her bringing it up. Like she didn't even have to say anything. Like she brings up the eyeliner before and then Ethan's like, hey, you were gonna denounce him though. I don't think Ethan would have even said that had she not brought it up first. Oh yeah, no, you're right. Because in the middle of everything, she's like, send me an eyeliner, you freak. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, it's like, who are you talking to? What's going on? But yeah, even this, it's like, okay, let's stop here. You had your weird you know, unfunny moment that nobody really ha ha at. Now let's just move on. No, she doesn't. That's why this got so awkward. She just keeps hammering it in. Oh, makeup, I guess. Hold the She's fuck okay. on. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Wait, are you using his makeup? God forbid. Are you, is that what you're trying to say? Look, cause you're you using terms that the guys don't know anything about. You, oh my God, God that? forbid I talk to men. That's horrible. <laughs> Let me. Once they're trying to fuck kids. 
I, that's not a man. All right, that'll take that as a man. What is it? We are, we are, if you could denounce something less than civil, that's what I would say. So wait, what are you for the line? Because your fucking kids are... Is, well, I like... stopped trying to fist fight him for five years. So it's good that we're okay. Like, right at James's? I'm so sorry, have y'all... Okay, okay. No rights. Let's talk to the crowd. No rights. Have you ever been... They're turning on you, Tana. They're turning on you. No, I have a question for the crowd. Have you ever been so angry at someone that it consumes your entire being? You spend a lot of your life angry at that person. And it does feel good over time to be like, I don't like you, we're not gonna talk. Mm. Like we're civil, I don't have to business at the party. <laughs> Hit the button, Dan. Wrong. Wrong. I, I think I, that's the truth. I understand. No, I'm pen pals with R. Kelly, so I understand what you're talking about. Sincerely, I, feel like, I do feel like I'm pen pals with R. Kelly. Yeah. Every, you know, everybody needs a friend. <laughs> like, fuck your makeup line, I hope my tour sells out and you don't sell a sale. But like, we can't get along. Dude, we're we're but, fine being civil. But, for the record, and we'll move on. He DM'd this kid. Age check. But anyway. You want me to say the P word, huh? No, 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 no. I just want you to say that you wish he perished in a fire. <laughs> That's all. I think that so a long time ago when Trump was going against Biden. So Oh it, my God. They have a button that they press. So the show is like, I think 20 or 30 seconds ahead of time. They literally had to spend like $100,000 on this button because Ethan kept getting banned for saying really horrible shit. So they have this button that they press and when they press it, it wipes the past like 20 seconds. So they pressed it on Tana and all we know is that she started talking about Trump and Biden and they were like, no, <laughs> cut it. I mean, even that was like the most slurring I feel like I've heard from any of the clips. Well, so I wasn't understanding what she was saying. I understand not wanting anger to consume you because I can relate to that. There's creators that I'll never get along with. There's sometimes where you just have to kind of let go. That doesn't mean you have to support or not even talk about the horrible things that that person's done, especially if it's in like passing like this, where it's like, hey, can you acknowledge what this person's done? Like, can you acknowledge that that's horrible and denounce him? Well, I'm just why civil. Are you you, why are you promoing his makeup? And then she says, fuck his makeup line. So again, I know that the whole makeup thing was a joke. I do get that. Like, I know she's trying to deflect from actually having to say something like, hey, he's a P word or hey, what he did was fucked up. So she's moving to the whole pigmented waterline bullshit. But all of this then following, it makes no sense. Like her whole excuse is that she just doesn't want to hold on to anger. It doesn't add up it's weird and also it like i don't think it's a joke that she's wearing it i feel like it is now because when she said fuck his makeup line like i don't really want him to sell any makeup but like yeah no i'm confused because it's like it's one thing to just not say anything at all just like keep your mouth shut. i know but then it's another to be promoting the makeup but then also if she's not promote i'm just very confused she should have just kept her mouth shut agreed um now here's the thing i know that tana's brand of humor is loud it is you know, it can be, I guess, seen as obnoxious. You know, this is kind of her thing. I don't think it's completely unfathomable that this would have been something similar that she would have done anyway, even if she wasn't drinking, allegedly, because we do think she was drinking, but it's definitely over the top. Like it does feel a little bit intense. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the difference is, and we even just talked about it when we played the Matt Reif clip that went viral um, when we talked about that whole situation with Brooke last episode, was that last episode? No, two ago. Where she had the Osama bin Laden joke that Tana's a smart girl and she like is pretty quick. Mm -hmm. None of this is like, quick smart humor right this is her just like blurting shit out and it's like huh usually i feel like she's a little more like on top that's of true it. and i think that when she is sober like you do see her even in the last like streamies that she hosted with ethan she sits back a lot more and is a lot more chill and will like listen to other people and only kind of chime in here and there she's not as like yeah. give me that microphone i'm gonna like scream into the audience like that's not really her vibe most of the time usually she i do think she's like listening and like waiting for her in and like waiting to add something to the existing conversation this feels like she is just like in her head like 
like, what should I say next? And she isn't listening to anything going on. Yeah, and you know what? Now that I think about it, it does remind me more of old Tana than current Tana. Like, it is on brand for the way that she used to be, screaming into the camera, being loud, being vulgar, being really intense. She's still vulgar, and, like, that's always going to be a part of her. But I think she's so much more subdued now, and this is a little bit more of an immature Tana that we kind of remember from when she was, like, 17 and filming. Exactly. I think that what we've seen and what a lot of people have, like, noticed over the last few years is that she has seemed a little more mature and that she does seem like she's kind of like realized that some of her behavior back in the day was too much. This very much feels like reverting back to just like she has no filter. Just first thing that pops in her head, she's blurting out. Well, so people have some theories as to what happened here. And I think that one of the most popular ones is that she may have broken up with her boyfriend. This is not confirmed. This is just people theorizing because she posted a TikTok earlier that night and this was it. All men are stupid and they should die. In the battle, we can build a snowman. So that was before the Simis. You can tell because she has very pigmented eyeliner. She is dating a man who lives in Hawaii. I want to say, hold on, what's his name? Makoa is his name. And she had just recently, I'm talking like the day before that, posted a video of them just like madly in love. And she has talked about how he is super secure in himself. You know, she goes off and does, I think she even did a dating show and she told him like, hey, it's okay, I don't have to do it. And he's like, no, do it, I don't give a shit. Like he's like, you know, fine with all the shit that she does. And I don't know, I do find it interesting because if you saw the Steamy Awards, you see Tana and Jeff very close together. I'm talking like Tana's legs were draped over him. Jeff was like holding her thighs. Like it was very intimate, even though they have been very adamant about saying they are not interested in each other and they just like to like play off of it for views and stuff. I even just saw her, I think it was on her TikTok where she is at his studio and um, she... Let's see if it's still there. Why'd you delete all of our photos together? It's given the wrong impression to the people. People judge your book. But, uh, 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 <laughs> Why? Because people judge a book by its cover and it's given the wrong impression. You're making it like we're in a relationship for, I get it, for money and clout that you want. I'm doing that. But I want a family and you are so beloved by women that they don't want to step on your toes and I need to be taken serious. I can't take this anymore. Do you think I should keep the blue nails or get pink? Go fucking find your pineapple head. Get out. <laughs> so that was even, that was four days ago. And he says, go find your pineapple, meaning the Hawaiian boyfriend. So I guess he has deleted all of the pictures of them or something on her, his Instagram because I guess she has too many girl fans. So he can't go on dates with girls because they're like, aren't you with Tana? She also posted this the night of the steamies. It's got copyrighted music, but it's her and Jeff. And it says, at the end of the day, it's the human you can host a 5,000 person award show with. And it shows them together and very lovey-dovey. And yes, they can just be best friends, but this doesn't look like platonic best friends. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's hard to say with them because I don't know what they're really like, like if it's real or what? if it's just a, a shtick yeah, yeah exactly because i i think they would both definitely play into it to because everyone loves it but that post about men though that definitely gives off there's maybe they didn't break up but there's something going on and that would very much explain why she was for sure ass. and i think some people were also speculating that the videos and stuff with makoa is still up on her instagram but other people were like well she still has her pictures up with jake paul like she doesn't take down pictures of people she's in a 
relationship with. I guess time will tell. We'll have to wait until the next episode of Cancel Podcast to find out if they broke up. But wouldn't that track, like, she broke up with him. She really liked him. She thought this was going to work out. Got shit face drunk, showed up at the Steamies. Totally makes sense. It doesn't excuse her behavior at the Steamies, but it very much explains it. And it makes me kind of sad because I feel like she was really, like, you could tell she was really into it. Oh, for sure. And I think that... Yes, it's not like world ending. Like it's not like she punched someone in the face or did something like absolutely insane. But you have to think about it this way. This is an event that a lot of people had to spend so much time, energy, and money on. And people spent time, energy, and money to go there and show up there. And a lot of people, although they still had a good time and, you know, overall it was fine, they did feel uncomfortable in several parts of the show because of her behavior. So it's like, just don't do that. You're an adult now. You're not 17-year-old Tana just getting blackout drunk and telling stories. Like, you showed up in an event that you were hosting. And in a lot of ways, that's work. You probably weren't paid to be there, but that's work, you know? I don't know. I just think she could handle this so much better. But what's even weirder is after the fact, this wasn't after this was the during. Fact, this is yeah. During. I was gonna say it wasn't yeah. after. Actually, it was during it where someone tweeted her as this was happening live and said, "Tana, love you so much, but please stop. You're ruining the show." To which Tana quote tweets this and says, "Okay, I'll shut the fuck up." And then someone else responded, "Were you just nervous? So you decided to get shit faced because you're better than this girl." The slurring is so funny, and she says, all in caps, "No, I'm sober. I'm mad. People think I'm drunk. This is streamies all over again." So if you haven't seen, when she presented an award at the Streamy Awards, the actual Streamy Awards, she was like cursing and everyone thought that she was drunk. I actually didn't see oh, it. Oh, you didn't? I've heard about it now, but I haven't seen the actual clip. Right now. Gamers. <laughs> I fucking love gamers. And, and I swore. 2023 has been a huge year for gaming. Yeah, it's been unreal. Every game that's come out this year has been awesome. Oh yeah? What's your fave? Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Street Fighter 6? I'm gonna go with Resident Evil 4, girl. You know me. What about you? Oh, girl. <laughs> I'm just out here trying to play the game of life. That's valid. That's fair. That's fair. I love that game. I always pick the little blue plastic car, an athlete career, and a wife, and a husband, and... Don't have any of those. Okay. No, no, not the board game. Oh, okay. Oh, like the sci-fi thriller starring Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds. Life. You are so much better at this than me. <laughs> Let's just... So this is a TikTok we're watching and Tana actually commented on it and said, I'm sober doing 75 hard, sober as can be. So honestly, I would believe more that she's sober there than in the steamies. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it did seem like, I think that that was like, she didn't go off script. I feel like that was written. It's it, just, just like, painfully awkward. Being, yeah. But yeah. yeah, so she said that she's pissed because she's sober and this is the streamies all over again. People just thinking she's drunk when she's not. But weirdly enough, she tweeted the same night of the steamies. I don't know if this was during the show or right after, but she said, I'm in trouble. I don't know how to do this. I love everyone, XO. That gives drunk vibes too. Right? Like, what does that mean? You don't know how to do this? Like, it seems like such a weird troubling message so there are a lot of people that are concerned because there are a lot of people that think this wasn't even just her being drunk like they feel like she mixed something or like something was way off because of the way she was slurring it was like pretty severe nobody knows obviously i do think at the very least that most people would agree she's not sober and it's kind of like the girl don't lie like we're not stupid and we have seen you literally in like every mode of your life when you're sober when you're drunk when you're this when you're that and this is not that. that's the thing i mean she has a podcast we hear her talk like yeah that's not live but again i've even seen her live and that was like wait that was years ago when it was like early on in her career so like i know that she doesn't have a problem performing live that's not something she's like super clammed up about and i 
think I could see her getting a little more nervous because it's an H3 thing and it is, it, it was a big show, but not to the point that she's just like fucking word vomiting sober. Like that doesn't track. I don't know. I guess I just, I hope she's fine. I don't know. She probably had the worst anxiety of her life. She just woke up the next day like, fuck my whole life. I'm pretty sure. Oh my God. Um, because I know I would wake up in cold sweats about it for the next 12 years minimum. But anyway, that's it. That was Tana's uh, Hot Mess of Esteemy Awards fun times. That was our uplifting topic for the day. Yeah, that was the that was the good one. Jesus. Now it's all downhill from here because every topic following this is at least mildly depressing. But then we have our We Love the Internet segment, so don't even worry about it. That's true, that's true. Um, Let's, I guess, get over eight passengers real quick because I do feel like we should update because we have covered it at length throughout. But one, I think we'll get demonetized if we go too into detail. But also, I just don't want to. Like I, you guys, as you may have seen, we've had a chaotic last couple weeks. So I feel like I haven't really been like just browsing the internet and like catching up on reading articles and stuff. And I had seen that there was like new news that came out about how Ruby Frankie was gonna be pleading in the case, but I hadn't clicked on it or watched anyone talk about it. And then last night I did and I wanted to go throw up. I literally was like, oh my God. I feel like even when she first got arrested, we were like, we knew she was bad, but we didn't know she was this bad. And then I read that, or I I watched a video about it and I watched it and I was like, oh my God, this is literally a million times worse than I even thought she was. And I already thought she was a million times worse than she was before. And it just keeps getting worse. And I'm just like, what is happening? So if you guys don't know, we'll link below all the episodes where we started covering the Eight Passengers channel because Eight Passengers is a family channel on YouTube that basically it starred Ruby Frankie, Kevin Frankie, and their eight children. And the things that came out about her and her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt are like, it's absolutely atrocious, but it's also so long that to explain to you everything here just wouldn't make sense. So this is very much just going to be an update from where we were last time we covered them. But yeah, we'll link everything down below so you can check it out. Quick correction. It's um her six children. They're together. They're eight. Oh, passengers. really? I thought there were eight kids. No, there's only six. I feel like once oh. you get past five, it's hard to keep track. Then the name doesn't even fucking make sense because then wouldn't one be the driver? What? Like it's passengers like in a vehicle. So if there's eight of them total, it would be seven passengers, one driver. <laughs> Maybe like six passengers, one co-pilot, one driver. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Exactly. But <laughs> regardless, there's there's eight total, including the parents. Oh, interesting. I actually, I think I had that wrong always. Like I always thought there was eight kids. But actually in terms of this court case and her getting arrested, it's only in regards to her abuse for two of them. I think we could all probably argue that there was abuse going on for all of them, at least emotionally or psychologically, you could say. Time has moved quickly. So now the kids are 10 and 12 and it's her youngest son and her youngest daughter. She got arrested basically after the son had escaped from being held captive basically at Jody Hildebrandt, who is her business partner. They were part of this weird thing called um, Connections that was Jody's originally, but then like Ruby became her partner in it. And it's this weird parenting site where they like give advice, quote unquote, to parents about how to have their kids live in truth. How fucking ironic. I know we've mentioned this, but how fucking ironic is it that they, I mean, it's absolutely horrifying. We're giving parenting but like, advice? Yeah, like this is yeah. just the most dog shit thing. Like we knew it was dog shit when it was happening. We covered it way before they got arrested. Like we were covering connections for how bad shit it was at the time. But like, you're gonna tell me two people who were giving parenting advice are now in jail for child abuse. That is fucking insane. I would love to know what the people that were paying for said ch- parenting advice, what they yes. think now. Because I hope like, it's a are they call. like having kind of a like backup where they're like, oh, that was weird. 
Or are they like, darn it, another one bites the dust. Better find a new therapist. Like, oh, because also, by the way, Jody is a therapist. Like, she's a licensed therapist. Actually, Jody did at certain times get hers revoked or suspended, but I believe at the time of arrest, she was technically licensed. We knew that the son had escaped and that he had like visible like wounds on him that they, he was like wrapped in duct tape around his um, wrists and his ankles. The daughter, I don't think had any physical injuries necessarily, but she was like, it was clear that she had been experiencing some kind of abuse as well. And weren't they all malnourished? Yeah, that's why I think they were like underweight at best. The son though, I know was like borderline emaciated. But so yeah, it says the child had duct tape on his ankles and wrists, open wounds, according to the, to the document. He appeared to be emaciated and malnourished. The neighbor called the police who also found Miss Frankie's 10-year-old daughter. The 10-year-old daughter was also found at Miss Hildebrandt's. She also appeared to be emaciated and malnourished, according to the court document. And then a total of four children were taken into uh, the care of Child and Family Services. So both Jody and Ruby did get arrested. Then it got really weird because it came out that Ruby, I guess, and Jody were both saying that the son in particular had committed a bunch of um, essay on like I think it was like 30 kids or something. Yeah, they said the neighbors, said, children. Family members, neighbors. Siblings. Yeah, it was a very weird and like no one really understood how we got to that point where that was the twist in the case because it seemed so unbelievable, which honestly, like we haven't really heard anything else from it. I don't think it was like, it's not believable. I don't think it happened. And it also matched up with some weird stuff that came out when Jody's niece had gone public with an interview and said that Jody tried to like brainwash her into thinking that she had done stuff that she hadn't done. It was just all like the weirdest, messiest, most absurd claims coming out of nowhere. And it seemed like Ruby was trying to throw out the claims of SA to like defend herself, I guess, as if then abuse would have been warranted, even if it was true, which like, what are you talking about? Like if your kid was doing that, you don't lock them in a room and tie them up and duct tape them. Like, how is that helping? So. Now we fast forward to much further down the line in this trial. And I guess she was originally charged with six counts of child abuse in September, but now she has just pled guilty to four of those counts. I don't know how much we wanna go into detail, but I can say kind of just what I remember from the video I watched that some of the examples of stuff that she was doing was like having the sun work out in, they lived in Utah and it's like super, super hot, like into the hundreds. And she would have the sun do like these these manual labor chores and stuff outside in the heat with apparently, this is new development, no water, no food, no shoes. Apparently he would get in trouble if he even asked for water or food. He was even made to sleep and just live outside. Like he was outside for days at a time. It's also said that he obviously wasn't given any sunscreen and that he would get such bad sunburns that his skin was like falling off essentially. Literally, that one was where I like almost threw up. And it was so bad that neighbors did call people on them and express concerns like, hey, this 11-year-old or 10-year-old child, we don't know how old he was at the time, is outside doing labor for hours. It is over 100 degrees. Well, and then it got even weirder because not only were, were they making him do like random like gardening or random shit like that. And the little girl too, they said they both had to do that. Yeah. Like they were both be outside. But then it also says that they would have him do like punishments where it was like he had to do wall sits 
for extended periods of time. Like physical he punishment. had to do like they would give him um, boxes of books or something and he would have to like go up and down the stairs like the weirdest shit that I'm like for what like what do you what is the point I mean obviously there is no point to this ever there's no excuse but I'm just so confused at even the very skewed logic that led them to having them do this because I I don't get it. Well, I think that a lot of parents struggle with proper correlation when it comes to punishments. They think, you know, like I remember when I was a kid, my stepdad would have us write lines when it would be like, if we did bad on a test or if we lied to them or something, he's like, I will not lie. It's like, well, how does this fucking correlate to shit? I think a lot of parents struggle with that. They don't know how to like correlate the proper punishment. I guess at the very least, because that's like a common thing. They used to have us do that in school. I mean, I never had to do it because I was <laughs> too scared to get in trouble. But like the two punishments I remember in school were like doing lines, which is just like really? writing this. In school? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. That's crazy. It's just writing the same shit over and over again, which obviously isn't teaching you anything about the actual thing you did. Nothing. It's just trying to deter you from doing it again because you don't want to do this. And then the other thing was we had to sit on the wall, which is like a little wall that was like at the side of the playground and you couldn't play with everyone. You just oh my God, I thought watch. you meant like wall sits. I was like, no, really? no, 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 that is no. a Anyway, back to Ruby. It's fucking insane the things that she has admitted to, but there is video of her in court. She has made it known, or I guess her lawyer has made it known that their intent is to put most of the blame on Jody. She is admitting to taking part in it, but when it comes down to actually like arguing why she's done it, it's going to be because Jody came in and brainwashed her or coerced her or whatever you want to call it to do these things to her children. Now, the problem is that there's so much documented evidence that she was already bad before she met Jody. Do I believe, and we have said it here before, like, yeah, she got worse when she met Jody. There's no doubt about that. Like, that might be something that would have never gotten this bad if she had never crossed paths with that woman, but she was already bad. Yeah, it's like you look back at the certain examples that people always reference, and it's like, she used to, like, her six year old would go to school and not have lunch because she's six. The teacher would be like, hey, so-and-so doesn't have a lunch. And she'd be like, well, she was supposed to pack her own. And then she'd be like, hopefully no one gives her food so she can learn to do it. So that very much lines up with what she's doing now. Yeah, I think that she already had that lack of empathy for her own kids and for everyone in her life, I think. And then it just got worse, which is also what her family describes when her sisters have talked about it and stuff. They say, you know, one thing was her before that and then Jody got in and it was just unbearable and they had to like cut off, you know, everything with her. So I think there's some truth there, but she holds a lot of fault. And the fact that it did get to that point and she allowed that is just insane. Yeah, it seems like there was definitely already a seed there and then it just like got out of control once uh, Jody came into the picture. Yeah, but this is uh, Ruby in court. We are ready to proceed. All right, then. Miss <clears throat> Frankie, how do you plead to count one aggravated child abuse, a second degree felony? Guilty. To count three aggravated child abuse, a second degree felony? Guilty. To count five, aggravated child abuse, a second degree felony. Guilty. And to count six, aggravated child abuse, a second degree felony. With my deepest regret and sorrow for my family and my children, guilty. So it's four out of the six counts she pled guilty to, but she also, I guess, was seeking a plea agreement under the condition she would also be testifying against Jody. Yeah, so I think that's why they're especially going that route, which it's not funny. Nothing about this is funny, but picturing Jody losing her ever-loving fucking mind. Are they in the same jail? Do you think they like, you know, they gotta be separated or they'll fight? They both got arrested together. How would they not be sharing the same jail? I guess. I don't, 
I don't. Oh my god, that's a great question, right? Because you know Jody's pissed. Jody's like, "Are you fucking? You are not living in truth, you monster." You know she's already on that train. I agree. This is not funny at all. But I'm thinking about one of my favorite shows was um, Wentworth, which is a much darker version of like Orange Is the New Black, kind of. But it's um, an Australian show. Jody absolutely could be a character on that show. I can just like absolutely 100% picture it, and she would be losing her shit. Although the situation is not funny, making fun of them is funny. So I'll give us that. But can you picture, because you know that when people go to jail, they do get oddly religious, like the jail to religion pipeline is really heavy. I don't know. Could you get more religious? Well, no. So what I'm saying is I'm kind of scared because they should have Jody separated from most people. I just feel like she's going to start her own little ring of people and it's going to be bad. like a cult leader. In jail. Yeah. yeah, because she's so weirdly good at that. Like you would think with the crazy shit that she spews that nobody would believe it, but yet she's always found people to believe it. I mean, like we said, people were paying her. It was um, connections, but then there was also like a Facebook group called Moms of Truth. There were moms in there. There were parents that were like, what should I do? My kid did this. And she was like, they have no privacy. They shouldn't have anything. I'll take away all their rights. And it's like, what the fuck are you people listening to? Like, I can only hope that because she's in there for doing something bad to children, I know that they don't take kindly to that in prison. So I hope that she doesn't make many friends because of that. But yeah, I saw Ruby there and I just, I mean, I don't know if it's because of everything we know and we've seen over the years. I just see right through that. I'm like, don't even pretend to be filled with regret. There was a time and a place for that. And that was when your children didn't have to escape through a window to get help. Like you needed to help your fucking kids and you did not regret a thing you were doing in the moment. Literally the first thing she had the chance to do was like express maybe some regret, some sorrow. No, no. She just threw her kid under the bus and said, he's been abusing 30 kids, like, which we've never even seen anyone else come out and talk about. Like, and it also got him separated from the rest of his siblings as if he hadn't already been through enough. Now I'm almost wondering, like, if she maybe did that also in an effort for the kids not to be able to be like, she did this to both of us and like maybe thought if he was alone, it would keep him more quiet and not reveal all the stuff that she did do. I just feel so bad for them. I hope that they're, I mean, I know that they're going to be dealing with this for the rest of their life, but I hope that they can get at least now into a healthy situation. Also, where the fuck is what's his name? Kevin? Well, he filed for separation from Ruby. So good. In my opinion, that's more to save his own ass in this situation than it is to actually separate himself from her. It's like you want to be separated from this situation and accountability that you have, in my opinion, for not being there for your kids when they needed you more than ever. Like they literally asked him like, well, when's the last time you've seen your kids? And he's like, oh, it's been like a year. They're like, well, have you talked to them though? Right. And he's like, well, no, she said it was best if I didn't reach out. Are you kidding? You haven't talked to your kids in a year. Then I don't care if you weren't there, you weren't witnessing it. Don't pretend like you didn't know that she was at least on the track to doing something questionable at best. And then this obviously at worst, like his whole reasoning for, I guess, complying and not reaching out and trying to like do anything with the kids was that it was gonna supposedly save their marriage. I don't think you wanted a separation before she went to jail. Yeah, no, it's all bullshit. I think they're all, all every adult in that situation is at fault. And for him to then be like, face something. oh, I just want to return to being like the father to my children. Were you ever the father to your children though? Like, fuck off, Kevin. We remember you in the Moms of Truth Facebook group, okay? You were very much in on all this shit, even when Jody was present, so. It's just disgusting. And I hope that he absolutely doesn't get any custody of the kids, nor I think get him away. Well, 
In other news, we do have one more quick topic. It's not too long, but it's definitely got some interesting factors to it. And that is Amanda Bynes. I do want to be, I guess, delicate in how we handle this. I do have a lot of like empathy for Amanda Bynes. I know that she's been through a lot herself and her journey. I think that she struggled with a lot of things publicly. And it's nice to see that she feels comfortable enough now to come out. And the whole thing we're talking about is that she started a podcast. So I'm glad to see that she's out here in a seemingly like, like she seems good. Like she doesn't seem to be um, in the states that we've seen her previously when she would come and be in the public again. Yeah, and honestly, I'll say right off the bat that I didn't want to cover any, like this has kind of been an ongoing thing that's unfolded a little more as time has gone on and we're covering now because like a lot has seemed to unfold, but I didn't want to cover it when it was just like, she's launching a podcast and people were talking about just her in general and like comparing her to her past self. And it makes me kind of uncomfortable. I'm very uncomfortable. Same. I, I just like, she was so much a part of my childhood. I know like I literally she was my childhood. Literally the Amanda show, all that. Like ask Ashley. Amandaplease.com was like my shit. Penelope Tate. Miley Cyrus was like my young adulthood, like Hannah Montana. But Amanda was before that. Like she's like the first celebrity. I remember being like, oh my God, she's so cool. Like I wish I could be friends with her. I mean, I literally sent Jesse this picture earlier. And if you guys, um, if any of you watching have ever watched my personal channel, I did a video about like childhood celebrity experiences because I grew up like 45 minutes away from LA. So I had random run-ins with celebrities once in a while. One of which was something that I felt like was such a huge deal because I was such a fan of her. So it's like, this was like life altering when it happened. But Amanda Bynes is not only from the LA area, but specifically from the same town as me. Her dad was my friend's dentist. I was maybe 10 or 11 in this picture, but this is a photo of me and my friend and Amanda Bynes. This was the hundredth episode of all that. And we got to go to the taping because her dad was my friend's dentist and he invited us because he knew that we were super big fans. I vividly remember that we went, but we, since it's in LA and it's like a little far away, we'd gotten stuck in traffic and we got there late. So we didn't get to go sit inside where the taping was, where we were supposed to be sitting. But her dad then came out and got us and we got to watch the entire thing from her dressing room with her dad oh and the gosh. rest of her family. And then we got to go to the, like the after party and we got to meet the entire cast of all that, which like literally- oh my God, that's that, like, so cool. And it was like at all that's peak, like Keenan, Kel, uh, Josh. I have pictures with most of them and Amanda Bynes was our queen absolute icon. This How was, like, was it meeting her? Was she very nice? Honestly, even being so young, I do remember her just being very like distracted. Like she was probably meeting people constantly. I can't imagine being a celebrity that young, but then also having all of your fans be like young kids because she's probably like, okay, can I like go? Well, it wasn't until recently when I saw people doing comparisons because, you know, people are doing like, oh, her then and her now and, you know, all this shit. I didn't know how young she was. I mean, look at her even in this picture. I think she must have been maybe 16. Yeah. I thought that she was so much older than me and she's not. No. We met her a couple times because then we also, a different time, got to go to a taping of the Amanda show <laughs> and we got to meet her then too. I don't think we had a picture, but um, super nice, very just like, polite and professional. Like it wasn't like we were friends with her by any stretch of the imagination. And then seeing the comparisons of like old interviews with her, cause it wasn't like after all that in the Amanda show, she like fell off. Like she then was in fucking, she's all that. She's all that. I just mixed. She's two. the man. Yeah, I was like, she's the man. What a girl wants. She had like a bunch of really iconic, like yeah. teen movies that were very, very, very popular. I don't even remember when she started 
to take a turn. Honestly, all I remember, because it wasn't even like during the Lindsay Lohan kind of downfall necessarily, where it was like, oh, is Amanda Bynes like part of, let's say, like going out with Lindsay Lohan and doing drugs and stuff. It wasn't like that. And then all I remember is one day watching her kind of lose it on Twitter. Like that's all I remember is that she would be saying things about Drake in sexual manners or like she would say, go from saying something sexual about Drake to being like, he's ugly and things like that. And I was like, did someone hack Amanda Bynes Twitter? Like I would always be so confused. Then it became the norm for her to do that on Twitter and be like out of pocket kind of thing. And then she would just disappear. And then pictures would emerge of like, she got a tattoo on her face and look what she did to her hair and look at this and that. And people were like, what the fuck is going on? I kind of remember vaguely like when the tweets were happening, but I vividly remember when it really got to be like something everyone was talking about was she went to court for something and she had that wig on. She would get photographed out in public wearing wigs a lot, but then she went to court and she was wearing this blonde wig and it was like just a complete mess. That, I remember, was like where things really took a turn. I don't think that this was why she was in court, but I know another time she like threw a bong out of a window in New York from her apartment, like from like high up where it's like, oh shit. that literally could have killed someone. She like got kicked out of, I think it was a hotel even. Just, she had like kind of one thing after another, like headlines would come out and it was just really sad. And I know even more recently, there was some incident where she was, I think in LA, she was like, running around completely naked and she like had someone pull over and was like oh my god basically like told them like i am having an episode right now or something and she like had them take her somewhere so i didn't even know that it's a lot of like very concerning mental health stuff but that's why everyone was kind of excited because it seemed like she has been in a much better place she's definitely still obviously drastically different than she like is when you watch old interviews and stuff it's almost hard to even know if this is really how she is and then kind of back then she was just putting on this show that she just can't put on anymore because like literally her manner of speaking is completely different, which obviously could be affected due to whatever maybe mental health struggle she's going through. People are thinking it's kind of like being coupled with her having experienced allegedly like substance abuse mixed with mental health issues, which can be obviously a very dangerous mix. And it maybe just permanently kind of changed her personality. We don't know. But she also just grew up like she was a kid. Yeah, but now that you say that, I do remember, I think it was well, actually might have been when she ended up in court. She was back in Thousand Oaks where I'm from because her parents still lived there. I think it was even that she went to like their old house like where she grew up and she got arrested because she had started a fire in their driveway oh no really yeah it was some like very weird situation yeah she struggled a lot it's kind of hard because when you look back at it you we obviously again we don't know and i'm not here to like speculate anything but she was heavily involved with dan schneider that's what a lot of schneider has been outed as i mean just an awful horrid human being i don't know how he's not in prison actually well because people protect them but um he's very much responsible for like all that and the amanda show he was the creator and executive producer so she had a very close relationship with him I think at one point I don't think she lived with him but he like wanted her to or something like he offered Jesus something weird like that so definitely that's a lot of speculation behind maybe what could have contributed to this I know there's also a lot of speculation with like certain mental illnesses that are triggered by like you said drug use and it happens especially for women like in early 20s when like one use can like 
flip a switch and there's no going back. Well, that's why it is so scary when you're someone that struggles with any sort of mental health issue. Like it is scary. It's one of the reasons I don't explore drugs. I don't even smoke weed anymore. Like I know that I am not a person that can try any sort of hard drugs. I do feel like it could alter me forever. Like I know that I struggle mentally and I'm too scared to try it. So yeah, we don't know exactly what happened. The point is she's very, very different now. We're gonna actually watch some TikToks from her currently because she started a podcast, like we said. The podcast that she has started is with this guy named Paul Siminski. I guess he is her boyfriend. No, no. So there, people are getting two different Pauls mixed up. Oh, what? She has a fiance named Paul. And then this guy is like, a different Paul. Yeah, I've seen pictures sure? of them both. Yeah. I have a TikTok that I'm going to play that it says it's like the evolution of Amanda and Paul, but I am pretty sure this Paul is her boyfriend that she's referring to. I don't know which Paul this is now, but she talks about him being a scientist. And that's also what she says about the podcast host. The podcast host is the scientist, but no, her boyfriend's name is Paul Michael. And then she has a podcast with Paul Siminski, which oh. I think is the one with the whole drama of the dog. Yeah, she's not dating that guy. That that literally just blew my mind because now I'm confused. I'll send you pictures of him, but yeah, that's not, I just found that out right before we started filming. People are conflict, like conflating them both, right? Yeah, for sure then. I mean, I definitely did. So I'm gonna play this and then let's see who it's referring to. Paul told me that he stopped taking his medications. I looked at his phone and he was looking at mom and son porn. He vandalized his mom's home. He broke all of her pictures and put salmon under her bed. His behavior is alarming and I'm afraid of what he'll do. I forgot to mention, I found Paul's stash of crack cocaine. He's been using for the past six months. He needs serious help. I kicked him out of my house. Correction. Paul looked up MILFs. Moms and sons just popped up. Also, I went to CVS, bought a drug test. Paul tested clean. Paul's clean. Also, I had something in my teeth in the last video. <laughs> Truly want to She's apologize still a to comedy queen for airing his dirty laundry. It was not my place to say what I said, and I wish I wouldn't have. Um, I'm hoping that everybody will move past it. I'm going to stop talking about it, but I just wanted to make this statement. Paul is a great guy. He's pre-law in school, and I'm super happy with him. Um, we're going to move forward, and that's it. Thank you. So me and Paul Smith. See, this is even then. Because I think those ones were about Paul the boyfriend. Yes. Those first two were about Paul Michael. Now we're moving on to Paul Siminski. So this is different Paul, I guess. Wow. This just blew my mind. So it isn't the evolution of Paul. It's just different Pauls. So yeah, clearly other people are confusing it too, which I mean, valid because what are the chances? <laughs> I mean, I guess Paul's not a rare I name, know. but like still. So yeah, she announces this podcast and she does always say Paul Siminski, which I guess is different because she only refers to the other one just as simply Paul. And also when I had seen that, I was like, well, I guess this new story doesn't sound completely out of character if he's had kind of erratic behavior in the past, you know? No, so her and Paul Michael have had a tumultuous public like relationship. Like if you look them up, it's them getting engaged and unengaged like multiple times. And even when they would break off their engagement, they were still in a committed relationship. Then when they were moving in together, then they weren't. So they have had their fair share of issues. Um, Like obviously her coming to the internet and talking about his porn preferences. And you know, but she honestly, she is so unintentionally funny and it's not in a like laughing at her way. She's just fucking funny. It's like the thing she says, like, 
and I had something in my teeth and it just like cuts her off the like she's funny serious thing ever and then it's like also I had something in my teeth last video sorry <laughs> she has a TikTok of her talking about like why she doesn't look good in paparazzi photos and like she's just really funny like I just find the way she explains things to be humorous and I don't know how much of her is actually trying to do it or not but I still think it's funny even the last like I don't think that was even intentional but it was just well done good timing yeah well then ignore the last whole section or just keep it in mind that that was the boyfriend and now we are moving on to Paul Siminski who is is a different person <laughs> yeah which I guess I just heard her talking about the scientist thing before but maybe this was all just about Paul Siminski right okay so here's her announcing that she was going to start a podcast um it's super impressive that Paul is going to be a part of it because he's a scientist and a biochemist so having his beautiful mind um being a part of this podcast is just going to bring it to another level I think because he's going to ask great questions and I think he'll kind of carry most of the weight in terms of um just like topics of conversation like whenever he and I talk on the phone or I see him in person he's always um just so interesting and I cannot wait for him to co-host the podcast with me at first we're going to interview our friends and then we're hoping to take it mainstream and interview celebrities and artists like um I posted in the other video so um that's about it Sorry about my lame ass sign off. I always like kind of sign off these Instagram videos like stupidly. It's glimmers of, I don't want to say she isn't normal now, but you know, like it's just like glimmers of someone that's just like a normal person. I think people were excited about this, especially because she does seem a, a little like apprehensive and a little nervous about doing it because she hasn't been in the spotlight for anything other than her mental health stuff for the last several years. Like I don't remember even when her last acting project was, but she has not been putting herself out there in a professional sense in a very long time. So this is like, a big step. She launches episode one. So at this point when we were filming this, there has only been one episode. I have not watched the episode. I watched some of it. How was it? Well, it's kind of awkward. They interview their friend, I think, that is a tattoo artist. And it's just a, you know, it's kind of like a slow conversation. They all seem kind of nervous. I was like taken aback by how timid Amanda was. She seemed very, very nervous, which is understandable. Like you said, she hasn't done this in a long time. And even when she did do it before, it was so heavily produced and like everything was she was an being done for her essentially. And she just like showed up and was the star of things. And now it's kind of like her making her own thing happen. She wasn't herself. She was playing like characters. Exactly. Now, what I think most people want to see, so she's talked about this both before and after the podcast that she wants to interview celebrities. But a lot of people are like, we want to hear about you. Like everything you want to ask someone ask yourself those questions and that's what we want like people don't really want to hear Paul Siminski like talk about science to a tattoo artist like for sure it, we want more of you and I don't think she understands or like maybe she underestimates how much people would show up see and I, I don't think it's that I think it would be more that she doesn't want it to be about her she doesn't want to talk about herself honestly maybe and and if that's the case I do support her doing something with multiple people I'm not saying but I saw a lot of comments of people being like we want you no, we for want sure. you to interview your basically she probably knows that that is what people want but it seems kind of like she wants this to be like a pivot in like to make a new kind of career and yeah then everyone's just like no just you tell us about the Amanda show I get that yeah for sure and probably she doesn't want to talk
talk about that exactly. time because it's traumatic. It's likely horrible. But the reason why there's actual drama surrounding this podcast is not because Amanda Biden's starting a podcast. I think most people support her in her endeavors or whatever she wants to do. It's because of her co-host, not boyfriend, Paul Sabinski. And like she said, he's a scientist, yada, yada, yada. But out came a TikTok where a woman was explaining some really questionable uh, situations surrounding Paul, you could say. Yeah. So she has since deleted her TikTok. I'm going to try and find oh. just like an actual repost of this right now. Luckily, he doesn't speak or open his mouth. But this does have Perez Hilton on screen, at least the one that we are going to be reacting to. If I can find a different one, I won't subject you guys to that. Here it is. This came kind of out of nowhere. And like I said, the girl has now gone private and she's posted two videos. I can only find the first one, but I do have a lot of comments also that came afterwards there the guy that amanda has made this podcast with is not a scientist he's claiming to her that he's a scientist he is my old roommate he is a sociopath he had lied to me said he was a scientist for like over seven years we were friends i would be his cat sitter and dog sitter when he would go out of town for over seven years um and then one day we moved in together by the way i don't think she said i don't know if she says this out loud but it has a caption that pops up on screen it says He's been on disability for over four years for being a danger to society. He only gets that because of his father being a very powerful lawyer, which we'll get into again afterwards. I went out of town and he sacrificed my dog's life, unalived him to a blood moon and then deleted all the footage and then lied about it for months and months and months and then um, left, like literally went outside for a cigarette and left the moment that I got into the security footage because he knew there was videos of him doing it on there. Wow. This is... A dog that he bought. <laughs> he stole my money. I didn't know that at the time, but yeah, he bought this dog and literally left her. So that started going viral. She's a little vague about some of the details in it. And there, to our knowledge, I don't think is any footage to support this. And I guess there's also no body. There's no footage, but there is a Craigslist post where she had posted that her dog was missing right around the time. There's also a, a Facebook post and it says in it that the dog was um, went missing while under the care of a dog sitter. So that starts going viral. And then very shortly after that, Amanda posts this on her TikTok, which was kind of out of left field because she had just posted one before that was like, the podcast is doing so well. Thank you guys for all the support, blah, blah, blah. And then she posted post this one are you kidding she deleted it within it was there before oh, we started no. filming. yeah i just saw it are you just blocked let me check why, why would the minds be blocking me i don't know girl i don't know nowadays this shit's getting crazy no i i think her i think she just deleted her page as literally you guys this. we have been filming for about an hour and a half and i pulled these right before yep. we started filming so in the last hour and a half apparently she has deleted all the videos on her tiktok oh my gosh well we'll toss to it because i'm sure they exist but um i'll find them later so here's the video she posted basically saying that she was not going Going to be moving forward with the podcast anymore so even though the podcast is doing really well and the spawn uh, response has been great i am going to take a pause on it for now we are not able to get the type of guests that i'd like on the show like say jack harlow or drake or post malone so maybe one day if we're able to get those types of guests on the show we will resume the podcast but for now i'm taking a pause on it Thank you everyone who watched. I really hope you enjoyed it. And that is all for now.
I found that one weird because I was like, really? I mean, I know that she has a tricky history with celebrities. Especially I found it funny that she mentioned Drake because yeah. I was like, that was specifically one of the problem tweets. But I found it weird. I'm like, really? Amanda Bynes can't book celebrities? I don't believe. Is that true, you think? It's not like she's reaching out to the celebrities themselves. It would be like to their teams, I assume. And I'm sure the teams would be like, mm not going to touch that because she has had a bit of a colorful last several years. I think it would be mostly that it's a little unpredictable of what it would be. Okay. And it's yeah. not like these I, are I celebrities that, that are like in the same kind of realm. It's not like she's having Josh Peck on or something that she like knows from her time or like some kind of actor that was maybe in movies with her. It's like people that are very unconnected from her. Yeah. So she then retracts that the next day. So I wanted to post something about how I felt last night after I made a post that we were pausing the podcast. Um, I felt really sad and I was like in a really bad mood because it, the podcast was actually something that I was really looking forward to filming next week. And it was something that I was really happy and excited about. So I talked to a few friends and they all said to keep going. So we're going to continue the podcast and we are filming next Friday as planned. I think that podcasts just take time to grow, like to build a following. So I shouldn't have said what I said last night about like not getting the type of guests that we were looking forward to getting because you never know, we might get them in the future. And the guests that we um, have lined up are actually really great. So I'm really looking forward to filming the next episode and that's about it. And then proceeds to release a statement that we can't read to you anymore because it's not here unless we could find it. Let's see. Ugh, come on, Reddit. You can come through for us. Oh, I think I found it. Um, okay, so this is her statement that is now deleted. It says, I appreciate everyone in your concern. I restricted comments on but they still kept coming through again. It's all kind of cropped and weird, but basically the gist of what she's saying is that the accusations that were made against Paul were hearsay. And she said, stop blindly believing someone without evidence. To the girl who made the video, I have seen the Craigslist post you made about your dog going missing during Paul's care. I am sorry that happened. I will turn comments on again later. I will, however, no longer use this platform if they continue. So I guess they did continue because she literally deleted it like an hour after that, her entire account. And her main sentiment was that she wanted people to stop harassing Paul. So she said, please stop harassing Paul's Instagram. Please stop spamming, calling him horrible names on my comments. And it was basically that it was affecting her as well. And she said that this is basically due to people who have blindly picked up a story that has been nothing but hearsay. I guess she doesn't believe what people are saying about Paul. I will say, do I think that there's enough evidence to prove that he murdered a dog? No, I don't. She acknowledges and even says sorry to the girl for her dog getting lost. But she kind of is like making it seem like Paul was responsible for losing the dog, but he didn't sacrifice it to a blood moon, which definitely changes the context. I, I think so. And she also says that her and countless other people, I guess on her behalf, have asked this woman or girl for evidence of this and that she hasn't been providing that. She's actually been blocking and ignoring all of those people that request that evidence. But that apparently now she did claim that after she went private on TikTok, that supposedly she'd be putting out a YouTube video that did have evidence. Amanda references that. I don't know if that YouTube video has been out yet. I'll add it in if it has. And she says that this girl then put her page on private, which is true. I think you even said that she deleted the page entirely, the girl who made those original like accusations against Paul. So I don't know. It all is a little bit weird. The girl also before going private was definitely commenting back and forth with a lot of people. And it's someone saying like, please tell me you made a police report or something to be on the record. We've tried to, but he buried the body. So same as a murder case. We can't charge without the body, but 
but we did get enough evidence to charge and he went MIA. Jesus. Wait, but what does that mean? You don't get to choose to just like be MIA during an investigation if the, you know? This is all kind of weird. Right? And yeah. I don't, we're definitely not confirming this is true by any stretch of the imagination. We're just saying what is out there. People kept tagging Amanda in this girl's video, which the girl was wanting, I guess. Someone said, I think she saw your vid. She posted a story here saying not to believe someone's video. I don't recall if it was your name. And she responds, if she doesn't want to believe me or listen, that's on her. My lawyers are going to be suing for my money losses due to emotional distress. Uh, I'll have to sue. And then that they were going to reach out and advise that she listens. Uh, I don't know that I believe any of this crap. Someone commented and said, Google says he's a PhD candidate at UCLA. If that's not true, it should be reported to UCLA. And she says, he got put on disability within a month of having his degree. And by the way, it's damn near impossible to get disability for mental illness. The only way you get disability is because you are too much of a danger to society. That's not true. I know nothing about that, so I don't know. But she continues to say, by the way, have a degree in psych and that is the only time they give it. First of all, having a degree in psych doesn't make you a therapist or a professional in that field. But I feel like that's actually kind of dangerous to say. I mean, yeah, do I think that someone could get disability just because they're depressed? No, because then they'd have to give 90% of the United States, you know, disability. But you have to be a danger. She goes on to say, though, (laughs) I would guess his father, who was a lawyer, helped him get disability instead of the psych ward. And then she says, his father threatened me and my family, and his father is a powerful lawyer in Philadelphia. I'll explain what his father did in a video. I don't know, girl. The comments are a bit all over the place. Yeah, and then she deleted everything. So it's like, oh, okay, well, we don't know. And I don't think anybody can confidently say that this man did that to that dog. Um, There are strangely quite a few influencers who have like spouses who have killed dogs. I mean, I feel like that's like not even an unpopular thing. We have like, I know of three off the top of my head who have murdered their animals. Nikki Philippi. Uh, what was the other one? I don't know, but there was one girl. Wasn't it the one, the fitness girl that did the scams? I think she also, her husband killed the dog. I don't know. But those weren't like blood moon sacrifices. (laughs) That's a bit more unhinged, not like much more, but yeah, definitely... I don't even know. Like, she didn't even elaborate on that. I, I, I need more info, girl. Like, that was too much. I would need to get down yeah. to the bottom of why that was a sacrifice. Yeah, I don't I don't know that I believe all of this. But anyway, that's pretty much where we're at. We're going to be following along with Amanda Bynes and her podcast. I mean, she deleted everything off TikTok. I don't think that that means she's not going to continue with the podcast. I think she's just sick of the platform. But that being said, I do wish her well. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. I think that it's always kind of heartbreaking to see what happens to child stars especially ones that try to continue on in their industry in one way or another you know it seems like she's nervous it seems like she's unsure and very timid and I don't know scared I think rightfully so to be in the public eye again but yeah I I hope that the whole dog thing isn't true and that I mean I don't want this girl to just be full of shit and lying but also for Amanda's sake I hope that it's not true because she did seem so excited about this and I would hate for it to get like tainted or ruined because someone took advantage of her that was unhinged and lying but anyway um I guess we can move on to our we love the internet segment which is gonna be a quick one because I don't even know that I have something I'll find something while you play um I can (laughs) do kind of a continuation of last week with uh, the Mandela effect girl that researches. Oh, got it. Okay. So uh, last week, if you missed it, our We Love the Internet segment, I showed Jesse two TikToks about the Mandela effect regarding the Fruit of the Loom logo. And I had mentioned that this girl that had uncovered that it was potentially corporate gaslighting, that she also uncovered some stuff about the Monopoly 
man and that he had a monocle and you were very confident you said he does have a monocle but if you Mm -hmm. google it supposedly he does not this actually is very interesting because what she finds still doesn't really explain necessarily why we all remember him wearing a monocle by the way i didn't say this girl's name last time her uh her name's nicole and her account is dime lifting and not all of her content is about mandela effects but she does have a lot of these found the monopoly man's monocle but stay with me because there is so much drama to this journey been over 250 million monopoly board games sold in 111 countries 43 different languages and over 300 variations and i found the one where the monocle is present every time i've seen this recreation of the monopoly man with a monocle i'm 100 percent sure i've seen it in my life when i see this vision of it i suddenly start to doubt myself because this looks less familiar and less correct to me and i found out why after all of my digging i could only find the monocle in use one time on the $2 bill in the 1996 European version of Monopoly Jr. If you look at the other bills, you can see the monocle isn't present on them, which is why the running Mr. Monopoly Man is the only time the depiction looks correct. I was able to dig up several other images to validate the validity of this. Throughout this journey, I've ended up with more questions than answers. As an American, I'm confused why this is the image that comes to my mind when I think of the Monopoly Man, so I'm currently digging through the historical archives of Monopoly board games sold, but it's currently looking like finding a needle in a haystack. I tried to streamline the process. I reached out to ChatGPT, but things got real fishy real fast. I tell ChatGPT that the 1996 Monopoly game has a monocle on the $2 bill. It agrees with me and says I am correct. However, when I started asking for resources, ChatGPT immediately backtracked and claimed that the monocle does not exist. To make sure I wasn't creating confirmation bias, I tried telling it that the monocle was on the $5 bill and it said no. I had many people comment that not only was the monocle a part of Mr. Monopoly, image but they remember using it as a playing piece in the original games and ChatGPT said that was correct. And once again when I started asking for resources ChatGPT suddenly pretended like it has no idea that the monocle was an original playing piece. It was so wild to me that I had to again verify that this wasn't confirmation bias but it was not. At this point it was clear to me that my Monopoly Man monocle journey was not over except the real kicker is in the Library of Congress on the official government website there's a 330 page paper called the Monopolist Obsession Session, Fury and the Scandals Behind the World's Favorite Board Game. I tried to request access to this, but was denied, but I will not give up. If too much time on your hands was a person, but holy like, shit. Also, doing the Lord's work. Isn't that crazy, though? Like, the fact that ChatGPT is, like, going back and forth between, yeah, it does exist, no, it doesn't, is sketchy. Let me know in the comments what you think about the Monopoly Mandela effect. I definitely remember the monocle. <sighs> I said I mostly, I like video. What is, like, the main thing you like on tiktok things like this like conspiracy theory funny no, stuff. no i actually have a pretty well uh diversified for you page i do love some good Susie stitches uh i like a lot of children stuff oh, i yeah, think no, that's one of the the genres that doesn't really cross my page too much i get a lot of like animal ones conspiracy ones it's weird because i mean it's not that weird because i know they're they're different companies but instagram i get such different reels than i would on honestly my entire for you page is Fortnite jokes like literally the entire your fucking thing and i'm like you would not understand that okay i have one that i really want to show but it's in spanish can i just translate it for you <laughs> maybe i'll be able to pick out a few words oh okay so let's let me show it to you and then you oh, see Jesus. if you can well, I, that, I like that actually that's fun <laughs> i actually want to see how much you understand because it's also a cuban woman and i'm pretty sure she's using a filter to look like an old lady my mom just sent me her page like my mom was crying laughing at her tiktoks today i wasn't like terrible at spanish when i took it but i definitely am so much more of like a visual person so like reading and writing was always much easier for me listening and talking oh, I suck oh at my reading god Spanish. 
English. I can't talk in English. <laughs> bueno, mira, ya a mí se me salen los peos solo. Solito se salen. Ya yo no puedo comer potajes, frijoles, ni nada de eso, nada de eso. Especialmente si estoy visitando a alguien, como ahora mismo estoy en casa de familia, tú sabes, yo no puedo comer frijoles ni nada de eso. Muchacho, si me río, se me va un peo. Si lloro, otro peo. Si destornudo, muchacho, un peo y un mojón. Y si me agacho, me cago. Me cago, la verdad, bien cagadita. Yo no quiero ser una vieja cagalitrosa de esa. Así que... You know, like the Charlie Brown teacher where it's just like noise. <laughs> that's pretty much how that was just that's how that uh, got interpreted by me she basically said that she can't eat beans anymore because she just cannot keep her farts in and she talks about how she can't especially eat them when she's over someone's house which she is currently right now because she says that if she bends over she'll fart if she sneezes she'll fart and she'll shit herself and she says if she bends down she'll completely shit her pants and that she doesn't want to be an old woman who's shit her pants so she can't eat beans anymore that's what she said and my grandma used to tell this story she swears it's true but she she says her dad like he would be at dinner and he would fart inside of a bottle and close it really tight and then he would open it in front of family members and stuff and she said that he would like fuck with them like that and she would cry laughing when she was saying that because my grandma found shit farts any sort of potty humor she found that so funny so when my mom sent this to me i was cracking up but yeah she basically said she can't control her asshole i feel like you do too <laughs> <laughs> i do i think she passed that on to us you know I, I do love a good a good little toot joke i think it's funny i find it more funny to see that you think it's funny because uh, otherwise i don't usually react but this i think is also funny to like not knowing what she's saying because she just said this in the most like normal calm like well that's it's very on par for Cubans like their humor I feel like like that's very how you would say a joke it's kind of very like nonchalant like you know I'm gonna shit my pants I make how I mean more like it's just that's what's gonna happen <laughs> not in a million years would I have guessed that that was what you were saying <laughs> yeah I know but um anyway so for our Spanish speakers this one this week was for you my daughter is screaming downstairs Bilingual. <laughs> yeah I gotta go oh my gosh yes okay if you've made it this far <laughs> thank you for watching hopefully next week well actually next week we'll definitely have or next episode we'll have a much more uplifting not uplifting necessarily but like a funny lighthearted. yeah one. we have some cool kind of like evergreen stuff planned because since it is Christmas we want to be free on those days to spend with our family so we're doing a pre-film situation that I think is gonna be a lot of fun so hopefully you guys tune in but um yeah that's it we will leave you with that I hope you guys have an amazing weekend and have fun you know prepping for the holidays being with your family if you're home I hope you're enjoying that and yeah that's it as always uh can you do your daughter's impression no <laughs> no <laughs> please, please, everyone wants you to. Oh my God, she's so funny now because she. What doesn't she say about Woodoff and like all sorts, all sorts of Christmas things? She loves Christmas, but yeah. People have even asked if you would record her, like just a voiceover of her saying it. Oh my God, if I can get her to say, because she hasn't said that particular sentence again, but she does say other things that are Christmas related with an absolute accent. So I will catch that if I can and show you guys. Uh, but anyway, but in the meantime, you do it. Oh my God. God, I hate you. Oh, look at this. It's a beautiful Christmas tree. <laughs> I'm done. If you weren't going to do it, I was just going to insert the last clip. You. But I'm glad you did. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys so much for being here. We appreciate you. And as always, we will see you on Monday. Bye. Bye.